Dear Broadies, before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion in the United States. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety, and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions in this country. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans and people who live in America. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. You can find a list of where to donate in each state at donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. I have personally started donating to states where trigger laws go into effect immediately. Remember, even if you can only spend $1 or $5, that helps. There are things we can do to fight this, and it is going to take continued focus and community support. So I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. To me, you need a community of people who are there to support and uplift you in that capacity. Yeah, Those things are important, and I think we've moved away from that as a society. And I want to see more of that come back. I want people to actually care about what's going on with others. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pod Broads. This is a podcast about women in podcasting, and I'm your host, Alexandra Cole. again, my friends, my broadies. Welcome back. I missed you all. I hope you had a good last week, even though I know I briefly checked in with a rerun episode of the very first episode of the Pod Broads and a shitty recording of me telling you why we were doing a rerun that week because I was moving and I have moved. I'm still living amongst boxes, but it's slightly less than it was before when I recorded last week's intro. So thank you again for being here. I cannot wait to introduce you to this week's guest. Her name is Anna Agogo, and she is the founder and creative director of Black Pod Collective, which is an organization focused on providing educational resources, increasing visibility, and fostering a community for support for Black podcasters. She has often hosted their podcast titled Black Pod Collective, the podcast. And since we recorded this conversation, she has officially announced her new role as the podcast community and events manager for the Buzzsprout team. So Buzzsprout is a hosting site for podcasts. For those of you who don't podcast, it is one that I use and that I love. So I'm super stoked for Anna and I can't wait for you all to hear about her experience growing in the podcasting industry and the important life pieces she has learned along the way. I promise you, you're going to love what she has to say about how she keeps herself in check in terms of boundaries between work and her personal life. And also just keeping in check with her own intentions and personal goals and how that also informs a quote unquote self check she does for her company as well. I found it super useful. I know you will too. We also chat about the moment that spurred her decision to begin Black Pod Collective. We dig into unhealthy relationships with social media and its impact on physical health as well as mental and how and why we have to remember to nurture our familial and intimate relationships just as much as we as entrepreneurs and creators of communities 
are nurturing those connections with community members. I also appreciated hearing her thoughts on moving through a space when you are not an expert on something, but are actively learning and looking for ways to amplify resources. And the one final thing that I'll share is that Anna had me cracking up even after we stopped recording. I kid you not, we ended up chatting for a whole additional hour post recording, and I can't wait for the next time we get to chat. So it really goes to show how and why people gravitate toward her and the work she does, and how great she is at building community and connecting with other folks. So for this next hour, you'll get a little taste of that too. Anna, I'm so excited that you're here today. We have heard each other's voices. We've seen each other in pictures and videos and DM'd on the interwebs, but this is our first time talking face-to-face, and I just want to give you a chance to intro yourself to my listeners, so tell us who you are outside of work and then who you are in your work and what you do. Oh, wow. That's it's so hard to, that separation. Um, but first, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I'm always excited when every, anybody asks me to be on their show. I've listened to a few episodes and I love it. Oh, yay. Um, but I'm Anna Gogo. I'm the founder of Black Pod Collective, which is a digital community for Black podcasters, and the founder of Black Pod Fest, which is a podcast festival curated with the needs of Black podcasters in mind. And I'm an executive producer for Podhouse Media, which is a full service podcast production company. Um, who I'm, who I am outside of those three brands that have seemingly taken over my life. Um, I'm a person who's just like fun loving. I, I enjoy being around people for a certain period of time. And um, most of all, I enjoy event management. So like, that's really how I, I originally broke into the creative world, I guess you would say. Mm. So I, I just love bringing people together and seeing them interact and like, you know, joining in where I can and then like stepping back. So I'm that person. Okay. Okay. Well, so let's start there for a second because I know a little bit about your history because of course I did a little bit of listening and digging before we jumped on together, but where's a point in your life that you can pinpoint that part of you? Was that something that from a very young age was a a piece of your identity or was that something that got cultivated later on? Mm, Good question. I'd say overall, I've always been, um, I'm the youngest of five girls and though I'm the youngest, I've always been the like bossiest. Mm-hmm. I was always the one who was like, I was going to organize us. Like if we were doing a dance competition, because, you know, for whatever reason, we used to dance for Coke. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, like because we weren't allowed to have soda. So like our parents would make us do this like whole dance off. And I would be the one who's like, I'm going to, you know, organize it. This is the time we're meeting in the living room. And, you know, this is what we're going to do. And you're assigned to this. So I was that kid. Um, so I probably have been like this, like my whole life, the person who's just like going to take the reins and like organize the things and pull you together, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the situation. So I don't know, like my mom always says, she doesn't know where it came from, but I have been like this probably since I was a little kid. I was very much so like the, okay guys, like this is what we're going to do. These are the steps and this is how you're going to go about it. And, and, and anybody have any questions? And it's like, you're five, everybody else is 10. Sit down. <laughs> I love that and definitely resonate with part of that. So something I know about you is that you actually and you studied television and was it television and something else? I can't remember 
the second piece, but in undergrad, you studied these things, correct? So I actually studied mass communications and marketing. However, I was a part of our school television station, newspaper, and programming board. And so what that means is like our programming board was who was responsible for putting together homecoming. Um, We were responsible for putting together like movie nights, um, Georgia State Night at the Aquarium, like those type of things. Mm. Uh, And then, you know, the newspaper, I was actually the advertising coordinator. And uh, so like I literally have always been that person who's like super involved in things and bringing people Mm -hmm. together like that's always been my mo is that i want to see people like interact and enjoy themselves Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to ask you at what point did podcasting make its entryway into your life whether it's just like a for pleasure listening experience or if it came in at the same time and you were like oh whoa i need to do this thing okay you're shaking your head so i'm I'm curious to hear the the background of that (laughs) It's actually hilarious because at the time I had never heard of podcasting, had never listened to it. Like I knew Mm -hmm. nothing. Um, This was back in 2017. A girlfriend of mine wanted to start her own podcast and she really just was like looking for some help on like the audio side because Mm -hmm. I had experience with that from college and radio stations, so on and so forth. And so she was just like, you know, can you help me with just understanding like these basic things? And I was like, okay, so you're like starting an online radio show. She's like a podcast. I was like radio. She's like podcast. I'm like, I don't know these words you're saying, like say it different. (laughs) She's like, uh, Google it. I'm like, okay. Um, and that's honestly how I discovered podcasting is that somebody reached out just saying like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Want to get your feedback, get your help. And being the me that I am next thing, you know, I'm like researching, digging into it. Now I'm like, Oh wait, this might be a good way um, for me to like, you know, get my voice out there. And Mm -hmm. I never got into like blogging because it just never kept my interest in vlogging. Mm-hmm. I just can't commit to putting makeup all the time. So, you know. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and so I was just like, I guess I'll try this podcasting thing out. And that's honestly how it started off. From that point to starting Black Pod Collective, what were some of like the key moments that were a part of that journey in developing that concept? I would say the key moment with that would definitely be um, here in Atlanta. So if you've never been to Atlanta, it's very difficult to go somewhere like not see black people. Like that's just not the norm in Atlanta. I know Mm -hmm. in other places that's people's norm, but just not the case here. Well, I went to a podcasting event, you know, I'm still breaking in. I'm interested in learning from other people. I'm all excited. And I was the only black person there. And I don't think that's really happened to me in Atlanta, like maybe in the outskirts, Mm. but in my time in Atlanta, that had just never been my experience. So it was a red flag for me because it was just like, well, how is this possible? And it's not like it was like a small gathering. It was like over 100 people. So for me at this point, if over 100 Mm -hmm. people, I'm the only black person here, that's problematic. And so I just really started having conversations with friends about my experience. I was like, you know, everybody was very nice. I didn't have any issues. But where are the black people? Like, that's honestly the conversation. (laughs) It was just like, are we not in the podcast space? And so then it just took me down this path of like Googling and looking at this and looking at that. And Honestly, it was a close friend of mine. Like as I kept finding information, she was like, I think you should just like put together an Instagram page to like share with people. Because if you're seeing that the the barrier is that people don't have access to information, you like to research things anyway, just put it out there and see what people say. So it honestly, I had like all of these things that Black Pot Collective has turned into 
did not envision. Mm -hmm. I really only envisioned it being an Instagram page and like a meetup. So like I did buy Black Pod Collective's domain name at the same time as Black Podfest domain name because I thought, oh, we'll do like a little meetup or something like that. Like that would be cute. Mm -hmm. That was really supposed to be it. And here we are (laughs) two years later. (laughs) Amazing. I always love seeing it's like so awesome hearing the origin story and seeing how different it is now and what what it's flourished to be into with it like we as just founders of these things had no idea what it could be when we started it but I do want to ask you when you were doing that research what were some of the things you were finding and not finding that helped you put that together Especially during that time, because I know, you know, I listened to my first podcast in 2014, Serial, but I didn't really like do a deep dive until probably like 2019. That's when I got into the industry as someone into it. So I wonder what you were finding like earlier on, you know, just as it's changed now. Most definitely. Um, For me, the first thing I started looking into was how do people like make money off of this? Like what, what is the like return on investment? Because mm. first I'm, so I have a, a financial background. So mm-hmm. I worked in revenue cycle at the time. And so I'm always thinking of like, okay, what's the return on investment? Like the amount of time you're spending editing the equipment mm-hmm. and all of these things, what is the return on investment? Why are people doing this? Um, I knew a few people who were bloggers. So I understood like, you know, how they, how they kind of monetized and how they built their, what they were doing. So Mm -hmm. the first thing I started doing is like, okay, what do people make if they're podcasting? And then I think I started seeing people who were saying like they were full-time podcasters. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like Mm -hmm. who is paying you? And so that's the first step that I went down was like understanding like how are people paid? What does this look like? Is it that they work for someone? So that was the first step. Then mm-hmm. the next step was like, I think the next thing that came up was networks. Cause I remember I was like, Oh, I never knew that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so then I started sharing information around like podcast networks, what they do, how they help. And I actually knew a few people who were like, they joined a network after some of the things that I was sharing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, as I was sharing information, it was stuff that I was just finding and uncovering Yeah. because I was like, oh, a podcast network. Oh, that actually makes sense. Oh, there's different type of networks. There's ad networks. There's this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And so it went from that path to next thing you know, I'm digging down into the event space because I'm like, okay, how do people sustain this? Because like if you're doing this by yourself, this has to feel kind of isolating. Like what else is out there? And so then I found the event spaces and then the communities like and then from there it was just like, oh, okay. So there's other people who have communities to support. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's honestly the trajectory of how it went. First was like, how are people like affording all of this? Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, originally, I was working like what? I was working maybe like 12 hour days. Like it was crazy. Oh my God. Uh, 12, 13 (laughs) hour days. And at the time I was like managing a team like in like four different states. So in my mind and a lot of my friends, we all kind of work in the same industry. So I just, Mm -hmm. I think in my head, I was like, so there's people who have time in the world (laughs) what there's other there's oh okay there's actually people who have time to do other things okay that's good to know um and so it was just like figuring that out because I was like people must just hire somebody because I can't fathom that you have time for this Mm -hmm. um and then it just really blossomed from there and like I think the podcast networks one 
was the like eye-opening conversation for me because I then ended up having like conversations with people who had started their own networks, what that looked like, what that was. Um, because I think I started getting confused between like the community organizations and the networks. Like it was just a whole rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm that person, like once I start digging into something, I'm going to like reach out to the person to say, hey, walk me through what this is yeah. and how do people find this? Like how would I know to even search for a network if I was a podcaster who had never heard of networks. Right. So like that's where my mind starts to go to is that people don't know what they don't know. So they don't even know to search for it. Right. Well, and I know that this, you know, this onset of the research that you were doing came from attending that podcast festival and you being the only black person there. And when you were doing that research, like, were you finding that still a lot of like during that time, were you finding that still a lot of the places you were finding were just, filled with white people or were you finding more diversity in those spaces I guess I think what I saw in that was that before this point I did not know that podcasting was a white male dominated industry Mm. granted most industries that is the case but I didn't know (laughs) that it was so prevalent Um, and so I think I went into it blindly not knowing that there was even there was even an issue you know what I mean like for me it's like oh it's it's podcasting like you're just you're talking into a microphone. It shouldn't like this part shouldn't matter. Nobody can even see you. So mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize that that was an issue. And then seeing as I was researching that a lot of the spaces were spaces like even like the event spaces, as much as I think the people who put them together are amazing. They don't look like me. Like, let's if we mm-hmm. think through like podcasting, like large events and stuff like that, they don't look like me. And so yeah. as I started looking at it, I was like, OK, there's a disparity here. And I know within our community, we like to like everybody wants to learn from somebody who looks like them. Mm-hmm. You want to be amongst people that you can just freely be yourself and not worry about anything in that capacity. And so for me, it was just like, OK, so clearly this is a like this is a, an isolated incident. It's not like, oh, I went to this meetup situation and it was like, oh, OK, maybe this is a one off. But mm-hmm. as I'm looking at photos from other organizations who had meetups, I'm like, oh, OK, this is more prevalent than I thought it was. And then my friends letting me know, like, OK, no, I think this might be a thing. You should probably just like share information and just see if people are interested. That's honestly what it was like. Just see if people are, like if there's other black podcasters out there, um, because for me at the time, I was looking for support. I was Mm -hmm. looking for people I could relate to and just talk to and have on my show and those type of things. And that's honestly all this was supposed to be was just like, I share information. You find me. We talk to each other. We maybe like meet up for coffee or something. And our first meetup had like 25 people. I was like, oh, okay. That's awesome. That's a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just those little things like it, 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 the catalyst and somebody asked me this before, would I have started Black Pod Collective if I had want, went to that event and there were other black or people of color there, would I have started Black Pod Collective? And more so likely I wouldn't have because there wouldn't, mm-hmm. to me, I wouldn't have seen the issue. Now, granted, down the line, I probably would have discovered that, oh, wait a minute, there's a disparity. Mm-hmm. But that event really made me realize, like, I want to connect with other people. And like, even the event was a, like a lot of white men, which like, nothing wrong <laughs> with white men, but there's only so much connecting I can do. It's just like my podcast was called fierce ass boss. Like, (laughs) like come be on my show. Like that's what, no, that's not how this works. Look at me like, um, I don't think that aligns. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's such a good point because it makes me think of 
the conversations that I've heard a lot around, you know, other other types of media, say film, for example. And I've heard a similar argument of like, oh, we just don't think there's anyone who really wants to watch that or it's not good by the standards of the people who are in the room that are most often white and male. And it's like, well, maybe these things aren't for you, but that doesn't mean there's a bunch of other people who are out there wanting to maybe network about it or want to be consuming that material and things like that. And you miss that when those folks aren't invited into the room or at the head of it. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a great parallel. And it also, um, it also makes me wonder because I've heard you say before that as you were creating Black Pod Collective and starting to kind of disseminate these resources and put it together, there was that like, who am I moment that you had where you were like, I'm just entering this space. Like, should I be the one spearheading this? And I think it's definitely something that a lot of us go through, but we go through it for different reasons too. So I, wonder if part of it came from seeing that landscape or do you feel like it came from somewhere else just some other part of yourself that you were going through and dealing with during that time um I can honestly say and I say this I don't know if I've said this before starting Black Pod Collective and even just breaking into podcasting so remember I just said I was working like 12 hour days I had been Mm -hmm. laid off from what I thought was my dream job and so Mm -hmm. I literally started Black Pod Collective like three months after that like I was not working. I literally started Black Pot Collective three months after being laid off from what I thought was my dream job. And mm-hmm. I, I skyrocketed pretty quickly in my career. So like in management by like what, 24, you know, and all of these things, wow. like managing all these huge things, all like I had reached a level that I was just like, oh, this is amazing. I've arrived. And so <laughs> then being knocked off of that, I've arrived high. Um, it was a difficult time for me. Like it was honestly a time of me figuring out like one learning how not to tie who I was to my job. And that was a difficult period, but I made the decision to not really go back into management and everything like that, that whole year. So like the year of 2019 was year of revelation for (laughs) Anna, (laughs) um, because it, it just, I, I recognized like I tied too much of my self worth to my job. And in the industry that I was in, I recognized that you were paid and rewarded based off of what you knew. So for me, Mm. with Black Pot Collective, I felt like people were turning to me as an expert and Mm. I was just coming into the space. Like, yes, I was researching things um, and I was making myself knowledgeable because, you know, I wasn't working. So I had a lot of time to just focus on research. Mm -hmm. But I never wanted anybody to look at, and that's why none of our events that we've done to date, am I the one speaking? Like, it's usually Mm. that somebody else is on the panel who's been doing this for six, seven years. I want the focus to be on other people and their work and what they do. And so I always look at it as I'm the curator of the experience. I'm the one who's bringing the experience together and bringing the people together. But there are other people who've been doing this and who can speak to it. Now, my team is usually, as of late, is reminding me that, okay, you've been doing this now for a while. I think it's safe to say that you too can be on stage. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you know, changing that dynamic now. But for me, I, I, I started this at a time that I was just trying to figure out who I was now that wasn't related to a job or a thing, just yeah. me as the person. And so um, I think that probably tied into why I felt like, okay, should I be the one doing this? Like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out who I am. Is this the time? Yeah. Well, and now I have to ask because 
I'm, I'm really curious how you've maybe been able to continue to kind of keep that boundary. And what I mean is like, you know, when you were entering yourself, you're like the three brands and it's like work is always kind of what a lot of us lead with, at least in the United States. Um, but I know that now an important piece since being laid off from that job was you being able to kind of separate the two. So despite now having this work that is, is all encompassing, I am certain of it. And also is a big part of your identity. It's like, how do you manage keeping that boundary of not always identifying primarily with work? And I don't know if those are tangible examples or practices that you have in your life, but yeah. How do, how do you do that? <laughs> um, I can honestly say it, it, it's difficult. Like yeah. that's first and foremost, it's difficult um, because of the mere fact that it's three whole brands. And like, I have a community of people who I'm, I try to be there for as much as possible and support. And that's very important to me. Um, but one of the things that I find to be a hundred percent necessary is making sure I take care of me because I can't show up for anybody if I don't. And that was one of the biggest things that I learned definitely in like 2020 alone is just like Mm -hmm. the importance of taking care of myself. And so for me, what that really looks like is I take two days where I am not, I'm not engaging with anything. (laughs) Like doesn't matter (laughs) what the situation is. I'm spending time, whether it's in nature, because I like being outdoors um, hanging out with friends who have nothing to do with podcasting um, because mm-hmm. regardless, like, you know, your your podcast friends, no matter what, like even it's like if it's a no podcast date, we're going to talk about podcasting. Like it's yeah. just going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so making time to talk to people who have no desire to do anything with podcasts and just taking time for myself. So um, I've, I think I did the work to understand the three pillars of me is what I call it. And mm-hmm. that is my need for time with self, time with nature and time with loved ones. Those are my three pillars of me. And so each week I just make sure I check in, like, am I meeting these three pillars? And if I haven't, mm-hmm. why not? And the only time I give myself grace with that is around Black Podfest, just because of the fact that there is just no time. There's not enough time in the day. <laughs> like there's no time for me to take two days to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only time that I really give myself grace for that. Outside of that, those three things always have to happen, period, in every mm-hmm. week. Um, and that's just something I do not compromise on. And I had to get to that place. Like it, it like I had two surgeries in 2020. One was an emergency surgery. And it's because I wasn't paying attention to my body. And so yeah, for me, that yeah. was a, a huge like eye opener of like, oh, OK, yeah, we can't keep doing this. Um, mm-hmm. We have to make sure we're, you're checking in with yourself and just like finding out what that is, like what are the things you enjoy, like and just doing that. And that's perfectly fine. And, you know, the world was closed for a while, so that was a little difficult. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the language of three pillars of me. I Did you come up with that or did you get that from something you came up with? That? It's because I always say like Black Pie Collective, these are our three like foundational pillars. And oh, so because yeah. we have three foundational pillars for Black Pie Collective, I think I was journaling one day and I literally I think I just wrote like I need to figure out what my um, pillars are. And I was like, ooh, the mm-hmm. pillars of me. And, and now that's just what I call it. Now, somebody may have I said it before. That. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to do that now in, in my own journal. You're inspiring me. Um, so, well, what are the three pillars of Black Pod Collective, though? Now that you just brought that up, I want to hear those ones, too. Most definitely. Ours is community, education, and visibility. And so, um, and I, the reason I create these pillars or, you know, some people call them your content pillars is because of the mm-hmm. fact that if something does not align with one of those three pillars, it's not something we're going to do. Um, that mm-hmm. is the rule of thumb amongst the team is that d- which pillar does this fall under? If it doesn't fall under one of those pillars, it's just not something we can do because those are our three focus points. And those are the three promises that we, in essence, make to our community. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So good for individual too. I'm like now thinking just, you know, those moments that you just feel maybe like so conflicted because you're not quite certain of like which route to take or like who whose time you're prioritizing over yours at that point. And it's like, okay, let me check in with my three pillars of me and see, see how this stands up against those. So I am obsessed. I love it. <laughs> hey, friends. Just a brief pause from this conversation so I can tell you about The Wave Podcasting. The Wave is a company that helps women grow their podcasts so they can build an audience and get paid. They offer educational resources and a digital community, of which I am a part of, and have gotten to meet some pretty dope women and get some great tips along the way. Plus, the founder, Lauren Popish, is a huge reason I have been able to start this podcast. She helped me find the perfect recording equipment for my setup and just get really comfortable with jumping in for the first time. And here's what's cool. They have a free mini guide that will help you kickstart your podcast growth strategy that you can download today by going to the show notes to find the link to their website. And when you're ready, you can purchase a complete guide to podcasting and use my code PODRALAND, P-O-D-D-R-A-L-A-N-D-10 to get 10% off the total cost. So ladies, come podcast. Okay, one more important PSA. Here's my challenge for you. Take a screenshot right now of this episode and share on social media with a tag to Podgerland and the guest. I want to know that you're listening and I want to shout you out. Also, are you signed up for Podgerland's email list yet? Because as much as I love social media and connecting through there, I'm also preparing for its demise and I want to make sure that I stay in touch with you and we have control over our communication. Not only will you get important updates about this show, you'll get recommendations of other women-hosted podcasts, news related to podcasters you love, discounts on my cute-ass merch, and much more. Okay, let's get back into this interview. Another thing I wanted to ask you kind of just coming off of that that reflection is now thinking about it and thinking about that moment where you were starting this thing and no, you weren't an expert yet, but you were still starting it and it was serving people and helping people for for other people who maybe are kind of in that situation because I also think about the way people come into podcasting and I think this relates to podcasters, it relates to people who aren't in podcasting, but I think sometimes people can get really stuck on that perfectionist piece and like how much of an expert am I supposed to be before I start speaking on this and in particular women and um, you know people of color and people who are not white men who have not always been in those roles to just comfortably speak on things that maybe they don't actually know that much about. Um, What's what's kind of your philosophy around starting something and leading something despite maybe not being an expert on it if you even have one? Um, 
I think it depends on what you're starting. So I will say that. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'll start off there because I know there's some people who charge like $10,000 for courses. Yeah, don't do that if you're not an expert. Yeah. Um, I don't care <laughs> exactly. what the situation <laughs> is. Um, um, don't give surgery if you're not an expert. You know, yeah, like, let's, like, let's, like, stick to certain <laughs> things. But um, for something where it relates to, like, bringing people together because um, in this capacity, how I've always looked at it is – I'm not showcasing me. I'm really showcasing the people. And so I think earlier Mm -hmm. on, I told you how I'm an introvert extrovert. I like to bring the people together, but my team will tell you, I actually disappear usually for like the first hour of our events, like anywhere from the first hour to first 30 minutes, nobody, like I'm not there. Um, I usually have put the whole thing together. Like, the display, everything is beautiful. And then I go decompress. Like I need a second to like, and (laughs) Oftentimes, well, now I know I can't get away with it, but back in 2019, uh, when people didn't know who I was, it was easier for, I actually used to like, I would be there and they wouldn't know it was me. Mm. Um, And the reason I say this is because of the fact that if you don't know something, don't then try to position and make yourself into the expert. Don't create stages for yourself. Don't try to uplift and amplify yourself. Instead, amplify the people who are the experts in those particular elements. Take the time to learn from them. Take the time to find out who they are. Um, Bring them as a resource to your community. That's something I prefer for people to do, especially as you're learning. But Mm -hmm. coming out the gate, um, I think you can lead people (laughs) down the wrong path if you're not too certain of yourself. Instead, lean into what you are good at lean into where you are an Mm -hmm. expert and utilize that skill set so I have a team of people who all of them are not podcast experts by any means however they're Mm -hmm. experts in their respective areas so if you're really great at graphic design yeah come to the team you can help with our graphics which helps us further our mission um, in those Mm -hmm. type of things and that's how I looked at it my strong suit is event management and curation I utilize that to help amplify other people who that's what they're like. They're experts in the podcast space. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I believe that you should. I'm not one of those people who just feels like, oh, just go out there. No, I'm not. That's not me. Um, do not do that. <laughs> because I feel like in this day of social media, it's very easy to make everything look like, you know, so much. And like it can cause other people to feel insecure about themselves or unsure about themselves. And mm-hmm. I don't think you should do that. I think instead you should focus on like, no, I don't know that. And I say it, I say this often. I don't know, but I'll find out who does. I'll get the information Mm -hmm. for somebody. I'll plug you in an email with somebody. That's how you go about building your own credibility, even in an area you may not know, but also learning from those people as they're sharing. Because now as they've answered the question, you now know. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to give them credit because I'm quick to be like, well, Chris Carmito said, that um, <laughs> this is how he did that. And um, yeah, you should try it out. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and also even the point of referencing, like referencing shows that you've done your research. It's like writing a paper for school. Like you're compiling these experts, but then you're putting it in a way that's in your voice and also shouting out them for the work that they did to get you there. Um, and something else you said made me think about, it made me think about this TikTok and I really wish I remember who the creator was, but she was, it, it was coming from the perspective of talking about like women in STEM and how to kind of disregard, not disregard, how to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you, oh, 
I got it. Um, and it was about like catching men off guard in, in that field, just since it's so like dominated, but it's something I like to try and apply to my thinking now when I get into these un uncertainty moments of things, maybe that I don't know, but she was like, she was like, be confident in the fact that you don't know it. And I was like, I love that. And it's that piece that you're like, I, I don't know it, but I'm confident that I can figure it out or find someone who does know about it. And that's, that's the important piece. So I love that you said that. And there's this thing that I've heard you say before about building community is such a responsibility. And it's something that really resonates with me. It's something I think about a lot in the spaces that I'm curating. And I think I just wanted to give you space on this podcast to like talk a little bit more about that statement and for you where that comes from, how you see that coming into play in the community spaces that you cultivate. I think for me, building community is important because of the fact that I'm a little old fashioned in this sense. Um, in this world of like digital, I think we're losing human connection. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also seeing we're like on a broader scale. So like if we take this outside of podcasting, people are starting to feel less and less connected with each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a good place to be. I think as human beings, we need other people. And then you add in the fact that with podcasting, it can kind of feel like a silo. It's like, you know, especially if you're a solo podcaster, you're kind of doing this by yourself. It's mm -hmm. exhausting. Some days pod fade is real. And as I see what I think anchor, they say they don't make it past the third episode. Oh wow! And so if you just think through that, it's just one of those things where it's like, as I see that somebody hasn't posted in a while, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you a, a DM. I'm going to send you a text message. I'm going to reach out to say, hey, haven't seen you post anything. Are you good? Haven't seen you on social media. Mm -hmm. Are you okay? To me, you need a community of people who are there to support and uplift you in that capacity. Yeah, Those things are important. And I think we've moved away from that as a society. And I want to see more of that come back. I want people to actually care about what's going on with others. And so for me, community building is much more than just in podcasting. It's about caring about the person. It's about making mm -hmm. sure that you feel whole in everything that you're doing and your podcast is an add-on to that. And so Black Pod Collective is not just about your podcast. It's about you. It's about how you're feeling, how you're feeling supported, where you're at in life. And all of those things, I think, help to make you a better podcaster or mm -hmm. help to make you a better person. And so yeah. I, I want to move away from just like, I miss, like we used to just do events and there was a yeah. reason for that. It was to bring people together in real life. So you can have face-to-face -face conversations, connect with another human being because those things are important. And I want to make sure we never like really move away from that. And so for me, when I think of community building, it's about the actual like caring of the, about the person and not mm -hmm. just what they produce or what they do. It's like the individual, like how are you feeling? Not as a mother, not as a wife, mm -hmm. not as a brother, just as a human being, how are you feeling and how can we support you and how do we go about doing that? Mm -hmm. And it's got me thinking too, just as, as someone who's kind of the leader in that space, have there been challenging moments that you've had to come across because of community members I don't know if that's the best way to phrase that that question but when you're serving a large like diverse group of people um with like different belief systems different identities just like all these things um sometimes that conflict can come up in these like Facebook groups or on Instagram in like 
comment sections and things like that. So I wonder if you've ever had to deal with that and how you go about dealing with that. <sighs> oh, deep oh, oh, we got a big back. sigh. <laughs> no, it's um, it's one of those things where um, I don't. I'm very um, I'm very particular. I okay. guess is the best way to put it. And I'm also very conscious of the fact that I do have a responsibility on me. Um, and so with that in mind, I do not speak on everything. Like I see it all. I don't mm-hmm. speak on it all. Um, and so with that in mind, I think my community, they they also recognize that I do not engage in certain things. There are certain things that I'm not going to comment, comment on. I don't care like how upset anybody is. I'm just, it's just going to be there. Mm. Um, and so because of that, I haven't had that experience. I haven't had that problem. Okay. Um, I think for the most part, we... And I say we because I have a team. And so mm-hmm. with that in mind, we we meet biweekly and we're very conscious about the responsibility that we have. And so with that in mind, we all like there's a code of expectations because of the fact that we have a community that looks up to us. So mm-hmm. my team, like I always say, like there's a reason you don't see us in certain lights. That's intentional. There's certain mm-hmm. things that we will not engage with. There's certain things that we will not comment on even as individuals on our personal pages because of the fact that we are a representative of this overall organization. Mm-hmm. So we don't get to just separate that. So are there things that I have thoughts on? Probably, but every thought that you have doesn't have to be shared with the world. And Mm -hmm. so because that is my mindset when I look at this and I look at what's for the betterment of my organization and the people that I'm here to serve, Mm -hmm. that's the focal point in every and everything that we do. So if it is not serving the community and it's not going to lead to some great good at the end, there's no reason for us to touch on it. Mm -hmm. And when you take that mindset from the beginning, this has been my mindset since I launched this organization, people just don't come at you with the foolishness. Yeah. So even if um, like someone was just posting some like fuck shit in the group, like do you just ignore it or do you like, Oh, like in our our community. Yeah. I want to just make sure I'm clear on that for you. No, no, no. (laughs) If you are a paid member and I've only ever had to kick one member out once okay and refund them their money Mm -hmm. um so we are a paid membership organization when you become a paid member you are signing up under our code just like we have a code of responsibility as those who lead the organization Mm -hmm. you as a member have a code of responsibility and the expectations um so for the most part we we've literally in the two years we've only had one person um And it was actually directed at me. And I just said, you know, that is not a problem. No problem. I completely understand. I'd be happy to give you a refund because I don't go back and forth with people. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't care what the situation is. I'm not going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd rather give you your money. You go on about your best life. And, you know, everybody go forth, be great and prosper. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as in the community to each other. No, that's never (laughs) happened. Um, never happened. Oh, I'm glad to hear Um, that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That has never happened. Not not even. I don't mm -mm, No. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't I also I think my community knows me very well and they know me well enough to know that I do not tolerate nonsense mm-hmm. nor do I tolerate disrespect towards each other and we are a community to support each other so that means that you will use supportive and encouraging verbiage and if you cannot do that this is not the community for you mm-hmm. and we've literally only had one person one time and I think everybody was aware of how I handled it and we haven't had problems since nice 
Yeah. I'm, I just, I like hearing about those situations because I think as things start to balloon and grow bigger for anyone who's in like any type of similar role or situation, it's, it's helpful to hear the way that other people handle those things. And I also like the, like kind of protecting your energy element of it. Like, sure. Take the refund. I don't need to, it's that's not even worth my time, which I think is an important reminder because that can be easily forgotten sometimes if you don't have those clear boundaries. You have to set, you have to set boundaries for your community because like, for example, I think there's only one person in our community who has my direct cell phone number. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Just one person outside of that. No, because of the fact that you have, you, when you are a community builder, you're more so likely doing this because of the fact that you genuinely care. If you're a person who genuinely cares, it's hard for you to turn off. It's hard for you to not care. And I have over 250 people in my community that are paid members, but my part of their member signup was not my undying exertion. Like, that is not a part of your package. <laughs> so I have to remind myself yeah. that. No, you have to keep some for you and your family and um, yeah. friends. And like, you know, like when you start having friends or I've been with my boyfriend, what, seven years. And when one day he was just like, I feel like it's always Black Pod Collective. And I was like, are you jealous of the collective? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, OK, well, let me evaluate this. And I had to stop and think to myself, I'm like, well, I do sit here for hours on end. You're right. I need to fix that. And so like those type of things, like I care about my community, but I have to have a life outside of them. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you just brought up that piece about your boyfriend. Cause that's so important to like talk about in, in the creation journey. And cause that, that comes into play, like whether we talk about it publicly a lot or not, but like the way these things impact our relationships is real. It, it is very real because he's a, what, football coach, track coach, and you had a girlfriend who used to, like, come to your football games right. and come to your track meets and all these things. And then it's like, oh, we have an event. Oh, we have a meetup. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And it's just like, okay, um, hello. Um, I'm here, too, and I would like you to show up for me as well mm -hmm. and so it's like reminding yourself to take inventory of the fact that yes your community matters but your loved ones your friends like all of those things matter too so and you like mm -hmm. you have to add yourself to that and I think I've finally gotten into that space and I'm able to be in that space now because I now do this full-time so at mm -hmm. one point I was working a full-time job plus all of these things and so for me it was just like I can't go to anything. What are you talking about? Right. Like all of my free time has to be this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm definitely juggling a lot better now because I'm not working eight hours a day for someone and then coming home and doing this. But even before then, I had to always find just one day a week to where it's like, okay, I have to like, you know, like cousins are having babies and the babies don't even know my face. And I'm like, no. Um, so yeah, like it's, there's wake up calls for you, like where you have to remind yourself like, okay, I'm not in my twenties anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, family and stuff like that. I'm, I'm Nigerian and family is very important to us, like mm -hmm. extremely important. And, um, my sister once said she felt like I turned Black Pot Collective into my new family and that hurt. Oh, yeah. Like that really hurt. And so it was just like, okay, I need to make sure that the way I'm showing up for my community, I'm showing up for my friends and family still. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is so tough when you're building something because it's to a certain extent, you have to be so in for it to get to a place where it can thrive without as many hours from you. But I, I totally feel you on just everything you were saying and like having these conversations is like a reset for me to be like, okay, how am I showing up for my family and my friends? And, you know, have I texted this person and when's the last time I spoke to so-and-so and just, you know, not getting so, so deep in the, in the grind so that you're getting to the thrive part of it and be able to try and balance it a little bit more though. I'm starting to think that balance isn't a real thing, but <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> it, it is on two days a week. The rest of the days, yeah. no. <laughs> exactly. Well, that makes me feel better. It's like, cause can, can anyone actually like, I'm like, it's, it's not possible, but I guess it looks different to everyone. What the, how they would actually define being balanced. It- It's a never ending journey. And that's the thing. I think reminding yourself that balance and finding finding oneself in balance is not this like end destination. Mm -hmm. It's constantly going to move like I have. It's funny. I have somebody on my team who she has a kid and then someone who doesn't have kids and is and I don't have kids. And it's always (laughs) interesting hearing like our like what she considers like rest. And I'm like, what? That (laughs) was what? What was that? Like that was your balance. What was your self-care thing? I was in the bathroom by myself for 20 minutes today. And it was amazing. And I'm like, what the heck is this? What are you saying? And so it's different for everybody because for mm-hmm. her, that was like, that was a win. She's like, I went to the bathroom and I was there for 20 minutes and nobody interrupted me. And I'm like, okay, um, what makes you happy? Um, I support it. I went and got a massage. I'm so sorry that that's mine. Um, you know, like, so it's just like, yeah. you have to like, you have to find something. Everybody has to find something in life and hold on to it. Yes. Yes. Well, and it, and it shifts depending on what season we're in and what, what we're focusing our energy on. Um, I could truly keep talking about this, but I know we are, we're going to have to wrap up soon. So I have one more question for you and then I have my three rapid fires. So I am curious and I've, I've asked this once before on the podcast and it only comes from when I know that I've heard, you know, uh, people speak on it. And so I'm always curious to hear how your relationship with faith comes into the work that you do, because I know that you have spoken about it before and you talk about communing with God. And that's, a, I would imagine, a big piece of someone's identity. And I love to hear how that comes into play with your I guess your work and your personal life, just like how it has functioned in your podcast growth. <laughs> um, Overall, I say this all the time. I literally have like everything that we do with Black Pod Collective has been something that God has said to me in my sleep. Um, mm. Yes, 100%. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I always say God talks to me in my sleep because it's probably the only time he could get me to be quiet and sit still. <laughs> Um, and I'm always like, can you not wake me up right now? Like, oh, the sleep just got good. And he's like, well, you, you didn't want to listen to it in the daytime. I was trying to tap you. And so it's like, here we are. And so I tend to like either um, do like voice notes in my phone in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to keep a notepad and then I would wake up and couldn't read what I wrote. So I was just like, <laughs> OK, this isn't it. Um, so I started voice noting um, what comes to me. And so that's really and it's 
that's how everything works. Like everything that we do, everybody always asks me like, so what's the big next plan with Black Pod Collective? And I'm like, I have no clue. God has not told me yet. <laughs> and I think he knows not to tell me too much stuff in the future because I'm going to ruin it. So he just like waits and he's like, okay, now go, go, go. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh God, we're going now. Why now? Could you have given me more time? Um, and so it's just, that's, that's genuinely how things go. And um, I find like overall, like even outside of Black Pot Collective, I share this often. I'm a two-time cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had like, I think we're at like 10 surgeries at this point. And so I always look at my relationship with God and my faith as in God has not left me like to date. And I've had many instances in life to where it, I should be dead, but I'm mm-hmm. not. And that's because of the grace of God and his covering over my life. And so with that in mind, I will always behave and refer to God for guidance because of the fact that he's guided me so far. Mm-hmm. And that's where community comes into play is because of the fact that I think we're losing sight of that. And I, I just want people to get to a space to where we're connecting again in the way that God intended. And so for Mm. me, my faith plays a huge role in how I remember to give grace to myself, give grace to other people. But also Mm -hmm. it it probably ties a little bit into my perfectionism as well, because I (laughs) believe that this is what God, you know, like God gave this to me and I'm like, I don't want to fumble this. Like, you know, like oftentimes I don't listen. Like sometimes he's telling me other stuff and I'm like, so... Yeah, that other thing you wanted me to do, I'll do that. How about that? Um, And so it's just one of those things of like, for me in everything I do, like, I think I said this to the team the other day. I said, if God told me tomorrow that I needed to end all of this, let me tell you how quickly this would end. Mm. Like, it would just be that simple. Um, But because overall, like, he knows the future. I don't like, so (laughs) at the end of the day, for me, it just, it ties into everything that I do because the fact that, the like I think sometimes people struggle with their faith because they have not seen God's work in their life at times Mm -hmm. and it's not to say he hasn't done anything in their lives but as human beings I think sometimes it requires for it to be something huge for us to see it well Mm -hmm. I've had multiple huge things I've I've had a lot of things where I did not I almost didn't make it Mm -hmm. and each time he's just like been there like oh no we're not done yet I'm like Ooh, that was a roller coaster one. I mean, you could have came a little sooner, but thank you. Um, and so because of that, my faith is just very strong. Like I, I don't worry about anything now because especially, you know, taking and doing that work back in 2019 to not like secure mm-hmm. my everything to my job. And ever since then, I can honestly say I just rely on him. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I'm going to say something real quick because honestly, Again, I could like really get into this conversation with you, but I know that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, um, I always, I mean, it's so cool to me because I'm not one of those people who has like the strongest faith in something. Um, and I wish I did like have such like a stronger sense of just that assuredness. But I'm like man, what a dream to not work, to not worry and just like feel just like grounded in that sense. I think that's so awesome. And I just love hearing how it comes into play with like the way people move through the world when that is their thing. And like, that's how they, they understand what is happening around us. (laughs) As I like look anxiously at the (laughs) ceiling. (laughs) You're like, 
what's I'm like, happening what's about to happen? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think it's, it's cool too, because sometimes when you start something so big and so impactful, it can be hard to know when it's okay to step away from it and allowing yourself to be able to receive if that's the moment or message that you need to just step away from it. You know that you can. I, Right now, I'm on a social media hiatus from Black Pod Collective. Mm. In the two years since I launched Black Pod Collective, this is my first time doing that. I say that to say, what, in February of last year, I had emergency surgery, was in the hospital for a week. I literally, going into surgery, I was on social media, planning oh, out our content calendar. Yeah. Oh, I was wow. literally <laughs> scheduling posts to go out so that that way, while I was like, I was like, okay, so maybe like, you know, it might take me a little bit to wake up. I might be groggy. So that that way, those two days, it could automatically post for me. But then I was still like, literally got out of surgery, was still sending, like responding to comments like, yeah, so great. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, and so I say that like, yeah, like literally like. I'm sorry. I'm laughing was, so hard because I thought I was bad, but I'm like, no, oh, okay. Like, I, I'm not I was, alone. I literally. <laughs> Like that was in February of last year. And then the surgery in September, even though that surgery was planned and I told everybody like, hey, guys, you know, I'll be away. I was still on social like, OK, respond, email this, that, this, 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 mm-hmm. like all of these things. And so me taking this moment, I'm like, OK, wait a minute. I don't want to be on social media as much as I am. And I recognize I built this through social media. And like I said, I need to do like a, a video about this. Mm-hmm. But as content creators, it's okay to like take a step back and say, you know what? I need to focus on like where we're going the rest of the year Mm -hmm. because we have all these things. Like we're already working on black pod fest for 2022, all of these things. Like we've done walkthroughs of event space because it's going to be live and in person. Mm -hmm. All of these things are happening. And my brain was like, I cannot think of content while you also have me doing 5,000 other things. So Mm -hmm. pick one. And I was like, okay, say less. We'll just relax on that. They'll be fine. If they're true, they'll still be there. If not, mm-hmm. oh well, we'll find somebody else. Um, and so it's it's you have to you have to check in with like yourself, whatever your higher being is, or whatever your your center is. Those three pillars. Say it. <laughs> three pillars. It's coming back. And That's like it, you have to, you have to, because like I think social media in the digital world can be very all-consuming. It really can mm-hmm. be. Like, yeah, I have not gone on the TikToks. I barely am on Twitter. <laughs> the TikToks. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> it is. It's nope. It's it's too fun. I I go in spurts of addiction, and then I like take like a two week break, and then I'm like, oh, haven't been on here in a while. Um, <laughs> but it's Mm-mm. dangerous. Like I think right now everybody's always like creating content, like Clubhouse rooms, IG lives, Facebook Q and A's, Twitter Spaces. I'm like. When do we have time to actually get any work done, guys? I'm just questioning. Exactly. I know. That's the thing with Clubhouse. I was like, well, I need to listen to the episodes that I'm like my client episodes and like the ones that I'm editing. And just I was like, I don't have time to listen to more people speak all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just end up finding where it's like, okay, I can't be everywhere. And that's okay. You know, I think in this day and age, we're always worried about missing out or, well, this is the next thing to build your audience. The audience is supposed to find me. will find me wherever I'm at. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's that's, that's it. (laughs) Well, on that note, we're going to jump into these three rapid fire questions. And so first, as I'm sure you know at this point, because I know you listened to a couple, but... 
uh, who would you name as your podcast mentor or just someone you emulate in this space? I feel like overall, I like I like what um, Therapy for Black Girls, what she's built for her community. So she mm. has a podcast. She herself is a doctor. Um, and then she has the directory of black therapists. And mm. she also just has this amazing, like she does these amazing events, amazing um, community things about mental health. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of what I'm trying to do for black people within podcasting as a whole, mm-hmm. I think of her and what she's done so far. Cool. Yeah, I love that. She's on the TikToks now, too. I don't know if you, I don't know oh, if you know geez. this. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I think what? it's relatively new. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say it. I love it. I I'm like, going to use that all the that. time now. <laughs> oh yeah. I call everything with something. Like everybody's like, you know, that's not what it's called. I'm like, just the Twitter is. <laughs> yeah. It just, it makes, it makes life more fun. It just, it gets a good giggle sense. in there. Um <laughs> Okay, so when you're um, listening to podcasts for pleasure, what would we find on your queue? Oh, Jesus and Jalof. Mm. Um, yes, that the, that's my go-to <laughs> show. Is the Nigerian in me just like resonates with it because I'm just like <laughs> we all basically live the same life. Um, that's like I I listen to that show a little bit. I like will re-listen to episodes. I love that. Um, I find myself often being like. Um, playing it randomly when my mom is around like an episode that like talks about kind of like her so I'll just like put it on speaker and like let it play through the house so she can hear I'm like oh oh my god mom does that sound familiar and she's like shut up I'm like mm, no no okay um so that honestly that's like my favorite I would say number two would be I listen to therapy for black girls of course <laughs> and who else uh, be well sis it's actually one of our oh. members i used to produce her show but i really just like i love how she talks about wellness like she the way she talks about wellness and what wellness looks like it has revolutionized like even how i think about it mm. uh so that's another one i listen to cool yeah i just honestly the minute you said the name i like saw the instagram logo picture which lets you know that her aesthetic is great because i right away could think of her instagram but <laughs> I still actually yeah. need to listen to the podcast, but I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yes, most definitely. I just realized I don't think, do I not listen to any men? I don't think I listen to any men. That's not good. I need to fix that. I'll find one. I'm sure there's one out there. How has that happened? That oh is a sound okay. bite. It's perfect. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, I know I do. Oh man, I I mean Wild Black. I do listen to I listen to Wild Black. Okay. okay. I was like, this is problematic. Oh okay. man. All right. Uh, part of me wants to be like, is it? But to, yes, ish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, longer conversation for another day, I guess. Um, Okay, well, my final question is, where can my listeners find you, all your work? How can they support what you're doing? So um, I'm usually on Instagram. So follow my personal page, Anna Ogogo. Uh, right now, I'm like taking a second to like replan my life. And you can um, head to our website. So um, hello. I said hello. That's our email. 
blackpodcollective.com and black is spelled B-L-K pod P-O-D collective. Um, pretty soon, anaagogo.com will be launching so that that way it is a centralized place to find all of the things that I work on. So from Black Pod Collective to Black Pod Fest to Podhouse Media, it just serves as a one-stop shop resource and courses and just a, f- a fun overview of other things so people are always asking me a bunch of stuff and i'm like you know what i'm gonna turn it into a course here you go utilize that go forth be great and prosper our original music is produced by carrie blue and everything else is produced by me myself and i miss alexandra cole and you can follow me on instagram at podraland p-o-d dot d-r-a-l-a-n-d or twitter at podraland minus the period and you can find more of what i do on podraland at www.podraland.com where i recommend women hosted podcasts and feature indie women podcasters so i hope to see you there feel free to subscribe to the newsletter you'll get recommendations and updates about this podcast and finally make sure to share this episode tag us in it like that shit give us a review anything you do helps not just this podcast get more exposure but also helps these women's voices be heard by way more people and ultimately that's our goal so let's fucking do it